The Pulse WV Live and Network that beats to the heart of God. I'm your host, John Fowler. So glad to have you tuned in. And also in the studio today, and we've been trying to get this guy booked in here for a while. The associate pastor from the Winfield campus is uh, Dwight Walls. Hey, what's how we, up? How we doing, sir? Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, his booking agent, is uh, he's got a high price. His price is higher than Jay's. <laughs> so to get him in here, you know, it's like you got to, it's like, well, do we leave the internet on or turn the lights off for the day, you know, just to get him in here? No, anyway, uh, uh, Dwight and I, we go way, way back. And uh, we actually went to school together. We were just calculating here just a few minutes ago that they're about to have their 40th uh, reunion. And we're, th- and I'm 38 years into it. So, and we went to Stonewall Jackson High School. And uh, that was, uh, we had some good times. Yeah. We, we did. We had some good times and a rare privilege of entertainment. Do you yes, remember, we were you in that show? Because we were in show choir together. It's where I came out and I said, uh, we're the Stonewall Jackson VIPs here to share with you some good times and the rare privilege of entertainment. No. I don't know why Miss Corbett wanted me to do that, yeah. but uh, so it's still out there. <laughs> I mean, after all those years, yep. And uh, plus, there's videos. So we were in show choir together, and then what was amazing is when the launch of how did you hear about uh, the Winfield campus? Um, Jay was the one that uh, come up and approached me one evening and sent me a text and uh and he knew you from yep he knew from me the previous from, well we were ordained through the same uh conference conference that's right and then um we also played softball um our churches were real small and there was always just one or two guys that wanted to play softball so we all formed a team and we played softball for five six years together um, but yeah, one day he texted and called and said, Hey, uh, I need to sit down and talk with you. I got an idea. And, and, you know, I didn't know what it was, but, um, me and my wife were actually in a transition. We were looking for a different church. We had just left the previous one and, um, God worked it out and started a new journey with Jay. That's so and cool. You. That's so cool. And then, and then his, his daughter marries, uh, Jay and Sam's son. Mm-hmm. Did they know each other? No, not before that. They don't remember each other. They used to play in the same playpen when we was playing softball, but they don't have any recollections. Really? No. That is so crazy. It is. And uh, um, the story goes, one day I was sitting, or Jay was sitting on Facebook, and um, he was scrolling, and Luke was sitting beside him, and all of a sudden he saw my post where I posted a picture of my daughter, uh, going from camo to glamo. She was going from, she went hunting that morning, had a prom dress that night. And, oh, wow. uh, he, Luke saw her and was like, um, Oh, uh, dad, go back. Who's that? Is that how it went? That's how it went. And, wow. uh, and, uh, Luke, uh, t- messaged Courtney and was talking over, uh, Instagram or one of those medias. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, what was funny was Courtney had tickets to a country, uh, performance in Charleston, and then Luke the following week had perform tickets to one in Huntington. So they're like, "Hey, let's just go together." And so that's where it started. And that's so cool over a concert. Over a concert, yep. Well, um, do you remember? Do you know Ron Pickrell? Uh, name sounds familiar. Ron sings. Uh, he sings Southern gospel. He's a solo uh, uh, solo artist. And uh, Ron had the cathedrals. In, uh, in at Gary Auditorium at University of Charleston, mm-hmm. and so 
Christy was in radio, I was in radio, and he had asked me to do all his commercials for him. So I did all these commercials. So he um, gave me two tickets to the show. Well, Christy and I just worked together. And uh, and I took, um, I asked her, I said, do you want to go to this show? And so we went to see the cathedrals. And uh, then we started dating not long, long after that. So it's amazing how over a concert mm-hmm. you can... And then that's that was uh, soon to be in a couple of weeks thirty five years ago. Wow, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And of it course, is. of course, uh, the White's wife Lisa, we all went to school together, mm-hmm. and uh, she went to school with us too. And uh, did you you went you went to Lincoln, didn't you? Yeah. And uh, but you didn't go to Taft. No. No. Watts. You went to Watts. Okay. Yeah. So that's. Uh, that was uh, where was Watts up on the hill? Up wasn't it? on yep, big Costello right. and all, all up top up, of the hill. Up on Watts Hill. Yep. Dang, that's crazy. Yep. Well, so. I tell you, it's good to get everybody caught up on how everybody knows everybody. So, um, but uh, this past this past Sunday, um, Dwight, being the associate pastor of the Pulse Church in Winfield, um, he spoke a message entitled "Being a Misfit is Okay." Did you hear the in any of the John John show on Monday? Uh, John Sandy and I talked about no. talked about this sermon, and we were talking about uh, we were talking about you know the the um, cartoon, mm-hmm. and and so I've got a I've got a surprise for you today that I've been sitting here I've been sitting here working on this today. So uh, we're going to get into um, being a misfit is okay, but watch this. Of course. Who'd you think? Oh, well, then that's okay. Okay. Who, may I ask, are you? We're Rudolph and Hermie and Yukon Cornelius, sir. Who are you? I'm the official sentry of the Island of Misfit Toys. A jack-in-the-box or a sentry? Yes, my name is... Don't tell me. Jack. No, Charlie. That's why I'm a misfit toy. My name is all wrong. No child wants to play with a Charlie in the box, so I had to come here. Where's here? Now, here's the rescue. Well, it's Christmas Eve, but looks like we're forgotten again. But Rudolph promised we'd go this time. Oh, guess the storm was too much for them. Might, might just as well go to bed and start dreaming about next year. I haven't any dreams left to dream. We'll never get off this island. Never. Wait a minute. What's that? Is it? Is it? It sure is. It's Santa. And look, Rudolph is leading the way. You can see his nose from here. Well, let's be on our way. Ready, Rudolph? Ready, Santa. Okay, Rudolph. Full power. Up, 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 and away! 
So how in the world do you get a sermon out of the Island of Misfit Toys? Well, we have a lady in our uh, church, and she does our sound, Becky. And her and my daughter and several of them crochet. Well, one day she posted a picture of uh, um, some animals that they were making, some crocheting animals. And she said that this is going into the bag of misfits because the eyes wasn't right, the ear was drooping, and it didn't match up to the plan, so to speak. And uh, I messaged her, and I said, oh, wow. I said, that brings back a lot of memories. I said, you probably don't remember the Island of Misfit Toys. And she's like, oh, yes, I remember that. And all this was over Facebook. And uh, she said something. I can't remember exactly. But then I said, oh, wow, this is going to preach. Wow. And it started from then because I was already prepping and looking for a sermon. And then that right there. And and I don't want this to sound weird, but it was a fun sermon. You yeah. know, so, you know, you you take sermons seriously, sure. But this one had a fun side to it, and you know, um, you bring out a little bit about this island of misfit toys, and I know some people might disagree because I'm bringing secular into it. But um, if you actually go to look at the history of a lot of this right here, this was one of the first times it was ever brought with disabilities into a really? cartoon. Into well, this is back in 1964. That's when Ru- that's Rudolph came out. And wow. um, the uh, gentleman that uh, wrote that part of it was a Christian. And he wanted people to see misfits or people that didn't look the norm or the part. And it just it just started coming together and everything. And, um, you know, you can look at uh, you can go online and actually pull up each one of the characters. That's like the little dolly. You don't see a uh, physical. Hers was mental. Really? Yeah. Little Dolly right there, the little girl doll, did not have a physical impairment. She had a mental impairment. Wow. And, I mean, it's just, it, it really brought to life a lot of different things. And then, you I never know. thought about that. Yeah. And then, you know, in the church, you know, I mean, we're broken. We're hurt. We've got problems. We're, we feel like a misfit sometimes. And then whenever you go and you, you give your life to Christ, people look at you weird. You know, like you got a third eye or, you know, missing limb, and, and people don't want to accept you. Or the, like I said in my sermon, you know, whenever I announced my calling, I had a friend said, why did you go and do that? They, some people just don't get it. You know, here I was changing my life for the better, already a Christian, but going into the ministry, and yet some people don't see that breakdown. Right. So, so when you think of the word, you know, it, well, let me turn it off. Hold on a second. I got to turn it off. Okay. So when you think of the word misfit, it is a person who behaves or attitude sets them apart from others in an uncomfortable way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the questions, one of the questions that it also says this, one of the definitions is someone who doesn't fit in. So after, okay, so let's say that a person, you know, does have, you know, they're broken, Mm -hmm. but we come to Jesus. So after we give our heart to God, are we still misfits to him or just the world? Just the world. Because, you know, God made us in his own image. 
he looks at us as as a pure being he looks at us because he made us um the world is the one that looks at us as a misfit i mean you you can take the uh, statistics of people that go to church and don't go to church we're not in that top percent you know we're not um churches fall apart or we get christians get blamed for a lot of things um that's the part of the misfit that i was trying to represent not saying that we are bad but how we are looked at differently and how we are set apart uh, because I try to live my life right. I don't want the things of the world. I want the things that I'm going to gain one day. Right. Well, when you think about some of the things that you said in your sermon, Mm -hmm. and I wrote a few of those things down because I think they're really good. And one of the things that you said is when you rely on your own strength, you will fail. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and I think we all have stories about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Stories of failure. But but I think when when God and I, I'm not speaking for him, but when he looks at failure within us, he looks at it as an opportunity mm-hmm. to help fix us. Right. Right. Because there again, we're basing on the failure part of the world, not through the word, because we're, we're a human entity and we will fail because we live in a sinful world. But yet God keeps giving us opportunities. He chastises us. He puts us through things that we need to see and we need to grow. Um, and we have to recognize that, you know, an alcoholic or a, or a drug addict does not know that they're one of those unless they hit rock bottom. When they hit rock bottom and they realize I need help, that's when their life turns around. Just like a Christian, you know, we need to see why we need Jesus. We need to see why we need to come to church and read our Bibles and to pray. And that's the two things right there that I I was really blowed about that Christians don't do. They don't read and they don't pray. Mm -hmm. They just take it for granted. Um, You know, you pray on the way to work or in your car. Don't close your eyes, but um, Mm -hmm. uh, you've got time. You know, I mean, it's like I said in my sermon also, um, our phone gives us how much time we're on our phones. Mm-hmm. It'll give you a weekly report. Mm-hmm. What if our Bible told us how long we was on our Bible? Or if we had an app that said, you know, you was on your knees for this long in prayer. I mean, it would really shake some people up. Because right. we think we do it, but we don't. And so what happens is, is when, and you said, and see, I'd heard, I'd heard this saying several different different ways. Seven days without prayer makes one week. Uh And then I also, um, you said something similar to that, Uh that um, if you go seven days without church, then you will become weak. Uh Right. If you go one week, W-E-E-K, out of church, you become weak, W-E-A-K. That's the way I've always heard it because you you start drawing away. You start drawing to the, the worldly things again. You know, um, I've always was told and I've always heard because I've been in church all my life. I mean, back from the old cutboard uh, curved pews or curved seats that wasn't even bolted down. Um, but I have heard it said so many times that if we don't go to church, if we don't go to our fueling station, we're not going to get our fuel. Right. You know, Sundays and Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. It was there. You got your refuel. You got fueled up for the rest of the week. And that's where I've always looked at it, like a refueling station. 
Right. You know, and, and you know, I know people today, we can get it on media, we can get it here and we can get it there, but there's nothing like going to a church and seeing someone you haven't seen in a while or hugging them or kissing them or feeling um, the emotion part that's at that place because that's the atmosphere. Right. What was one of the scriptures, uh, Dwight, that really drove this sermon home? Because you you said that you normally don't don't bombard a bunch of scripture, but there was some scripture there that right. I mean it was they all fit and they were all really good when I listened right. to it. What's um, one of them that really resonated with the sermon? Um, the one that really resonated was my opening in Ephesians four because um, uh, verse fifteen and sixteen um, it says, "But speaking the truth in love may grow, and unto him and all the things which is the head, even Christ." from whom the whole body is fitly jointed together and compacted. Again, Christ had a plan for ours. We're all different. We're all, you know, that's that's the part of the misfit problems. Some of us are short, some of us are tall, some of us are fat, some of us are skinny, some of us got hair, some of us don't have hair. We, we, we see ourselves. I wear glasses. My daughters don't. But yet we're all together. And when Christ sees us, he doesn't see those because if you go to the back of the book, it says we're going to get a new body. Right. This body's going to be gone. This body will disappear. We'll go back to the fire and we'll get a heavenly body. Right. Then there'll be no more misfit. Do you, uh, let me ask you something. Do you believe in a rapture? In a rapture? Sure. And so, you know, somebody had asked me about that the other day and I said, mm-hmm. I've always believed there was a rapture. Mm-hmm. I never knew what, what your take was, but... You know, it's like the body goes back to the ground, but then there's going to be a resurrection, mm-hmm. you know, when, when Jesus comes and the body will be reunited with the spirit and it'll be changed in a twinkling of an eye. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I was always raised. Right. So, you know, when, you know, if a person goes into the ground and there may be, you know, something that um, the world titled them a misfit, mm-hmm. but with Jesus, we're not that. And, and I was no. going to ask you about that. Does God see us as misfits? Does he see does he see the handicaps that that we have? Does he see the flaws that we have? But see what I always heard that because of Jesus, he sees the blood. Mm-hmm. He sees the good, the purity. You know, that's what I think. Um I had a good friend I worked with and he lost a leg in the military. And the one thing that always upset him was whenever he would go out and let's say a kid would see his leg. Well, the parent would try to shun the kid away and or, you know, don't, you know, and he would always try to explain to the children, look, I've just got an artificial leg. I lost it. They gave me a new one. It's metal. It's like a transformer. And he would always try to make that child feel comfortable. And even though it wasn't a part of his body, now it was a part of his body. Wow. And, you know, you, you see that, and you can actually go back into Scriptures where it says the bones will all come back together again. Mm-hmm. Wherever his leg is, you know, yeah, you know, it's in a trash pile somewhere, but it could come back, yeah. you know, with him. And that's the thing about it is even though we're different, we don't need to point it out. We don't need to, oh, look, he's he's a little different than us. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. And, again, like you just said, in Christ's eyes, in God's eyes, he sees the purity. He sees the wholeness. Um, 
because sometimes we fail, but I think he sees what we can do. Do you think that um, do you think that God rewires disability and uses it for his service? Do you think that he, he can use that? Does he rewire that? Because I remember you said something like that in the sermon, and I mm-hmm. wrote it down because I thought that was really good, mm-hmm. that God will, re- will rewire your disability for his service. Mm-hmm. He can because you have a story to tell. Because there's somebody in that congregation or live on the media that hears that that's fighting that. They're fighting that disability or that, that impairment, and they don't think they're good enough. But yet you've got this person in this church that, that is explaining and they've overcome it. You know, it's like a lot of people didn't know the little Dolly had a mental disorder. I never even thought you about know? that. I and always wondered about her, but yeah, I never. You yeah, know. I mean, you, you hear Jack in the Box and you hear the plane that couldn't fly or the boat that couldn't float or the, the water gun, you know, it squirted jelly. Yeah. But it, each one of those was a physical, but hers was mental, which there are mental problems there is things that have been unwired and it's got to get rewired you know when something happens and it gets unwired it doesn't work right it doesn't kick with all cylinders but yet christ will come in and help now is it this body a lot of times no you know he's not gonna he's not gonna heal this person from cancer he's not gonna take this person's ailment away just like he did in the bible but yet we live through it we get comfortable we push through it, mm-hmm. and that's what I think Christians need to do. You know, I've always said that uh, instead of kicking one down, get down there with them and help them up. Mm-hmm. You know, don't stand up and reach down. Get down on their level because they're hurting. Right. You know, the lost is hurting. The people out here in the community is hurting. You know, people are hungry. They're reaching out to the food banks and they're reaching out to the, the people that can help them. Not because they're greedy, but because they're hurting. They're, right. they're, 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 they're down. They might have just lost their job. They might have just lost or uh, exhausted all of their uh, time through the company. And they need just a little bit of touch. Right. They don't need preaching. Believe it or not, they just need a little loving. Because you can't feed them if they don't. If they're hungry, they won't listen. But right. if you can get them fed, get them fed. You know, yeah. I know that you're you're very you're you're very up on politics. You're very up on what's going on in current events and different things. And um, but it seems like that in the world that we that we're in, there seems to be a victim mentality. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm seeing, and let me ask you this: Do you think that Addiction is a is a disability, or is it just what pe- what people think it is? I mean, you know, I heard you can get a check because you gamble, mm-hmm. you know, because you're hooked on video games. I yep. heard that you can get a check. I mean, so how do you how do you differentiate? That's a good Stonewall word. Mm-hmm. How do you differentiate between addiction and disability, or are they one and the same? <sighs> I'm a little different on that part because I look at addiction as self-made Okay. because you had a choice whether to put that into your body. Now, I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm not going to talk about maybe some of the prescription drugs, but I'm talking about the hard drugs. And, you know, whenever you can go to advance auto, get it, make it, put it into your body, 
I don't want that stuff. It goes in your car, not in your body. Right. That's a choice that you make. And yes, it leads you down a pathway. It leads you down a road and it takes you farther than you ever want to go. Because I, I know many law enforcement, I know many EMTs and they say it only takes once. One time you try that drug, you're hooked for life. Wow. And you have to go on special drugs to come off of it. But yet you're always on those drugs. And it's so, sad. So the so the disability, uh, it, so you really can't say that a disability is an addiction or an addiction is a disability because those things are two two separate things. I think so, yes. Yeah. And, and I could be, I won't say I could be wrong, but, I mean, that's my opinion. I'll, you know, I, I don't want to well, argue with it, but I... That's the way I've always looked at it because, you know, back when me and you, you know, grew up, um, the only thing you ever really saw was cigarettes and marijuana. Yeah. You, you hardly ever saw the hard stuff here in the mm-hmm. Valley, um, at least in my era. And nowadays it's on every street corner. I mean, you look at our, our state here in West Virginia and how much money has poured in because of the opioid crisis and stuff. It's sad because they just opened the floodgates. Right. And now people that are actually has an ailment or a actual hurt, they can't get anything to take care of a pain. Mm. They won't they won't even prescribe it for you. You know, I know people right now that's got back issues that their backs were wrecked from the coal mines. They can no longer get pain meds. And wow. they just they've been left out. But yet you can go out here on the streets and buy it. Right. And it's the sad part. And the story and the story that goes along with that most of the time is somebody gets hurt mm-hmm. and then the the prescription drugs that the doctor prescribed to them got to the place where it doesn't work and then they had to get something harder. Next mm-hmm. thing you know they're in prostitution. Next thing they're stealing. Yeah. And uh, and I've heard story after story like that. So when you think about those people Dwight about you know they may be a misfit now but they don't always have to be no because god can god can fix that he can rewire it he can change your life god can set a person free so don't let here's what you said don't let your disability hinder what god wants to do with you mm-hmm. and i That's thought right. about that and i thought man that is so good because we can't have this victim mentality mm-hmm. i remember a lady her name was Clady, and she lived close to um, the Elmore Advent Christian Church there on the west side, and she was crippled. And, uh, I mean, her hands were arthritis, and she was, I mean, just really bad. But you know what she could do? is She could call people. Mm-hmm. She had a rotary phone, I remember it. You know, she, she was raised very poor, and she, she had a rotary phone, and she could dial those numbers. And what she would do is she would call. Like if you missed on Sunday, she mm-hmm. would call you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and her sister, uh, that was Clady, and her sister's name was Grace, and she would send cards. Mm-hmm. So between the two ministries, you know, they were able to so, uh, you know, able to to minister to, to to people through the phone and through the mail. And so, why do people? Why do you think people? allow their disabilities to hinder what God wants to do with them. Isn't it an excuse? It's an excuse. The woe is me factor. Um, the I'm comfortable. Um, I always heard this joke that um, uh, God looked down at these two gentlemen one day. 
And God said, I'm going to heal you. And the one gentleman said, great, every great, great. I've been praying for this. The second gentleman said, no, I'll lose my disability check. Yeah, I've heard that. And, you know, <laughs> right, and, and, that. and that's the problem because um, a lot of people don't want to be disabled. A lot of people don't want to be uh, classified as disabled or, you know, have a, a physical impairment or ailment or sickness. And I know because I'm one of those, but you get the, the look from when you say, well, I'm disabled, you get what they call the toes to the nose look. Because they're mis looking for a missing limb. They're looking for a major deformity. They're looking for uh, something that they can physically see. And yet mm -hmm. you can't see mine, but I'm gutted from the inside out because of what I have. And I don't try to let that uh, uh, be put in the limelight. I don't want that be my forefront. I've been anointed. I've been prayed over. I've been, you know, go and do the things that my doctor says religiously and I've beat the odds. I've beat Amen. the odds really well. Now I have setbacks, but we're going to have setbacks in our life. We're going to have problems and issues and trials because we're in this world. Mm -hmm. But there again, this is not our home. This is just a stopping place. So pastor Wright will say that your setback, let your setback become a, a comeback. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've heard him say it as well as I do uh, from Maranatha. And and so what do you tell that person that that continues to have setbacks? What do you what do you tell them? How do they how do they get through that? What kind of encouraging words can you give those people? One, they need lifted up, but they need to hear it from somebody that who has a problem. You know, don't let your disability define you. Gotcha. Don't let that run or ruin your life. You know, like you were talking about that lady, you know, sending out the cards. That was her defining moment. That was her ministry. She might not have been able to do much, but yet that's what she was called to do. There are people that are called to pray. There, they, there's some older people I know can't make it to church, but, man, they will pray for you for right now. Mm -hmm. That's a ministry. That right there will turn people's hearts around because we always need people praying for us. And it goes in the same way with everything else in the church. You're going to have the people that's going to be up front. But also you've got a lot of people that's in the background that you'll never see. Right. And that's what makes a church run. That's what makes um, everything happen, so to speak. You know, you and radio and all of this, they don't see the hours that you put in typing and pre-programming and pre-doing they just see the physical outcome for the next 30 45 minutes so that's the same way with i think as a disability or looking at this because i don't want that in the forefront like i said i don't want that i want people to see christ i want people to see what christ can do and how christ can deliver you um, i might not have the right answer for that right disability but we'll find out. We'll find out who can help. Have you noticed that so many people will magnify the devil? Mm -hmm. And they'll say, well, the devil's done this or the devil's done that or the devil's talking to me about this. But you hardly ever hear people, they'll, they'll talk about the devil a lot, but they won't talk about what Jesus is doing for them. Mm -hmm. Or Jesus spoke to me about this right. or that. But it seems like that 
Do, do you think that everything in this world is the devil's fault? There again, I, we're our own free moral agent. We go out here, we've got a choice to turn left or right. That's good now, if, if my gut tells me to go right and I go left, that, to me that wasn't a gut. That was the Holy Spirit right. saying, I'm trying to keep you away from something down there on the left. I mean, have you ever had that opportunity where me and you sat here a little bit extra and talk, but yet if we would have left, there would have been a car accident just right down the road? Mm -hmm. It happens. That's the Holy Spirit. And that's, I think, people give Satan too much power. They give him too much in the entity. They give him too much in this world. He's not omnipresent. He's not om omnipotent. He does not. He can't be everywhere. But yet Christ can. Yes. You know, and I think we do give him too much power. Yeah. And through and that's that and that comes through the thought process, uh, mm -hmm. through our actions. Um and if we would read more back to what you were saying, if we would read more, if we would be in church more, mm -hmm. uh if we would get in some good Bible Bible teachings, Bible I mean there we have everything that we need to have a successful Christian life on our phones. That's right. You yep. know, we have, you know, we have, you know, podcast, you have uh, right now media. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that especially mm -hmm. the pulse offers, but I know other people offer as well. Right. I mean, it, it's out there, you know, it, church today. If you want to find a church, you can go search it on many different search medias. Back in our days, we had to go to the yellow pages. Oh, yeah. And if you didn't spend $150 to get in there, you, your church didn't get found. But now it's everywhere. You know, like you said, there, there there's hundreds of media outlets. There's hundreds of churches that push their sermons, push their messages. But you've got to find the one that preaches the blood, teaches the blood, stays in the word. You know, don't go left wing on us. Right. But, but stay in the Christ-like atmosphere, like that last part of the sermon, stay in the body of Christ. Right. Um, I think those things, those things are so important. So what do you say? What do you say to that person that is they're they're on the they're on the fence of believing in God or trusting in God or they or they're mad at God mm -hmm. because of a disability or because they feel like that they're a misfit or because what do you tell that person that may be mad at God about that? It's a good one, but there again God made us in his image. And I, and I go back to that scripture. And a lot of times I think what these people are mad at is they can't do. Well, change your do. Do this. Do something else. Move. Um, we want to stay in that rut, so to speak. You know, we want to go down the uh, broad way, but we don't want to go down a narrow way. And, and it's it's sad, but that I think is where the defining part of disabilities or limitations come to be. I might not be a singer, but man, I can help build. I can help uh, construct. I can help do this. I might not be able to do that, but I know computers. We've got people out there that know computers. I don't. Once I got out of school and stuff like that, computers, I didn't know, but I know how to use my hands. Right. So there are people that just needs to find their defining moment and well, put it good. towards Christ, put it towards the church, 
because they always need people. Yeah, that is so good. I loved, you know, it's like we were around when the Vic Twenty came out, mm-hmm. the Commodore sixty four. I don't mm-hmm. know if I don't know if you took typing on a manual typewriter. I oh did. yeah, yeah, well, we did too. Miss Corbett's mom, yeah, yeah, Miss Gardner. Gardner. And the thing about it is, the the thing that's crazy about that is that. I showed somebody a typewriter one day, and they didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? You don't know what that is? Yeah, you walk into her class, I think it was the third week, and she had replaced all the keys with the black keys. That's right. I forgot about that. Remember, you could yeah. see them all. Then about the third or fourth week, all of a sudden you come in, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, where's the letters? You don't know. Yeah. One thing about Miss Gardner, she always smelled good. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> she always had some yep. some great smelling perfume no yep. doubt about she it was. well was. if you're not where you need to be today all you have to do is believe that's what the word says you have to believe in him and and come to him and you know and i always tell people just you know just talk to him and say you know father i'm, I'm in a mess forgive me of my sins forgive me of where i failed you and and you know, like Dwight says, get in a Bible-believing church. You know, get in the Word of God. And, you know, we'll give you a Bible free of charge courtesy of uh, the Pulse WV Live. If you need one, you let us know. We'll be glad to send you one because I think it's I think it's so important. Let us know. Um, and we want to encourage you also to go to Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, uh, Rumble. You can go to all these places and be able to hear uh uh, Pastor uh, Dwight Walls' message, you know, about uh, being a misfit is okay. Do you have anything else you want to add on the sermon that you did? Um, not really. Just the, the only thing I didn't put in there, and, and, and me and my daughter was talking the night I was actually finishing writing all this stuff down, but just because the pattern calls it to go this way and this way and this way, you might not be that pattern. Wow. And, you know, my daughter was having trouble with one of the stuffed animals because the pattern was wrong. It was misprint. Wow. And she had to go back and look at it and find it, and then it became whole. Sometimes things aren't the way they seem. Mm-hmm. And that was the only thing, really, I, I had wrote down, but, you know, as you you have preached many times. Sometimes we don't get to everything we want to say. And that's the only thing I think, because even though the pattern was wrong, she made it right. And that's Mm -hmm. what Jesus does. He Mm -hmm. makes it right. Do you, if, if you were in the movie that we showed earlier Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you, I'll tell you who, who mine would probably be is I'd, I'd probably be, uh, I would either be Herbie or Cornelius. Mm Mm-hmm. And that would be, who would you be? Have you ever thought about that? No, I really never thought about which one, but um, I would probably actually be one of the toys. One of the toys? Yeah. Yeah. I would probably be the one that that um, uh, didn't fit the norm because, like I said, in high schools and, and all your schools I grew up, um, I was always the introvert, except when I got to high school and became in uh show choir, mm-hmm. that was the first time I ever stepped out. Wow. And um, I never, never put myself in that limelight because I was always embarrassed of who, not who I was, but that I'd mess up. 
Wow. I've always felt that. I mean, I took I took speech classes and, and speech writing in college, and every time I had to give a speech, I'd cry because I didn't want to mess up. Right. So, yeah, um, I'd, I'd have probably been one of the toys, not the hero. Well, with Miss Corbett and the show choir, we didn't have much opportunity to mess up. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I remember when she tired when she retired. I put on Facebook. I said, "So that means I can go to two hundred Elizabeth Street and apply for your job, because <laughs> that's what she always told us." Yep. You want yep. my job? You go to two hundred Elizabeth Street, and, and uh, that was where yep. the uh, home office for the Board of Education was. Yep. Well, let me ask you something. Um, as we wind up today, you've got some things that you do. Um, and what got you into, uh, and tell tell people what, what you do outside of church and outside of being a grandfather and being a husband and all that? And uh, where can people find you? I uh, build fishing rods, repair fishing rods. Um, I have always belonged to this organization called Trout Unlimited. And for over 17 years, 15, 17 years, I taught fly tying to people. And um, that is the art of making a fly that looks like nature, but you go out and fish with it. Um, and then whenever I stepped down for that, I went over to the rod building side, but I turned it into a business and we actually build custom uh, fishing rods of all types and all such. And um, it's just something I love to do because I love fishing. It goes back to that scripture, you know, Jesus makes us fisher and men. Right. You know, I like to go out and catch the physical fish, but on the pastoral side, you know, we're out there trying to catch men, women. Now, do you have a, uh, I'm going to post this in the comment section. Do you have a, a website or where can people find you or find what you're doing? Uh, most everything I've got on Facebook under uh, Ridge Runner Rods or on TikTok. We do actually live videos of uh, repairs and um actually building the rods for customers um so they can find that on ridge how you say it ridge runner rods okay yep so if i put that uh, if i pulled that up on tiktok i'd find you yep you'll find me um that was a nickname that a general gave me in the military really yep i was getting promoted and an award and he uh, looked at me and said what's your nickname i said i don't have one sir and he said, where are you from? I said, West Virginia. So he went on down to the next guy, was promoting him, and all of a sudden he come back, which is very unusual. They come backwards. And he said, your name is Ridge Runner. He said, that's your nickname. Wow. And it's always, that's how it stuck. And, you know, the guy started calling me Ridge Runner. And, that's crazy. You know, then I just turned that into my business. So if anybody needs you, they can they can look look you up on Facebook, on your Facebook page. Yes, and, uh, either personal or the business page. Now they can look that up under under the uh, White Walls or David the White Walls. They can find you either yep. way, yep. and uh, so be able to get you. And if of course, you know it. it I remember you know because I pastor up in Braxton County, uh, the uh, campus up there, and a guy comes up to me one day and says, "Do I know Dwight Walls?" And he said, "I buy. Does he buy from you?" Mm-hmm. He's and, bought and had repairs. And I'm thinking, man, that's 100 miles away. And uh, he knew you. And I'm, I thought, yeah, I went to school with him. And yep. I think, wasn't there, one th- wasn't there one time you gave me something to take to him? Yep. Yep. Gave a rod to, that I had repaired. And you was sort of our uh, delivery person. I was the Uber and, uh, Eats that yep, day, he huh? Was, <laughs> yep. He was the Uber. And uh, I, uh, I actually just had a gentleman on um, uh, TikTok. He 
learned and he found out that I, uh, our church helps out a camp, Cap Appalachia. Yeah. And That's believe awesome. it or not, he sent me 10 fishing rods, all brand new from a, a major really? company. And he said, donate these. Wow. And I literally just got them in this week. Haven't even told uh, Isaac or uh, Jared. And um, we'll get the reels and put them on a form. But that way they've got fishing rods for their lake. And wow. But literally just happened this week. And what a sermon topic. Oh, yeah. You know, I've been out there fishing and doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought of this background. I hope you like it because it kind of fit you. I thought, you know, it's got a got a oh, lake yeah. out there and a bridge. And I'm thinking we're going fishing for men, you That's know, right. no doubt. That was a great sermon, uh, Dwight, and uh, I can't wait to hear the next one. And you, I'm sir. a big fan. I'm a big fan of your sermons. Thank you. And you can reach out to uh, to Dwight on Facebook and as well as TikTok. Ridge Runner Rods. Rods. Absolutely. If you'd like to be a part of this ministry, first of all, we appreciate all your prayers. But also, if you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that by texting the word PULSE to 1-304-244-3187. Go to thepulsechurch.com. Check out our website while you're there. You can give through PayPal or mail your love gift to P.O. Box 561, Eleanor, E-L-E-A-N-O-R, West Virginia, 25070. Thanks for listening and watching The Pulse WV Live. Please share, like, and subscribe. And we'll see you the next time for the next edition of The Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God.